What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. And we're doing an intro. We're doing an intro. And it is introducing uh, the episode. <laughs> for real, though, this was a, this was a really cool conversation. Um, yeah. Keith is a is a pretty accomplished dude. I mean, not only overcoming like Lyme in his early years, but finding boxing as a solution and then pretty much building his entire life around it. He's yeah, he's got some very accomplished uh, fighters under him. And I mean, I know he said he didn't take boxing very far, but given his circumstances, man, that was I'm very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Boxing with Lyme disease and using like basically use like his fitness and his passion to like overcome all this stuff. It's like definitely super inspiring. He's yeah. a, just a cool guy. He's got a lot of like great stuff to say too. Very cool guy. Has a lot of great things to say. And had a lot of good questions for us too, especially at the end there, which I think we'll probably use as a bonus episode. But, um, you know, we dove deep into a lot regarding personal development, leadership. Um, and man, he's, you can tell he's been through a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can tell very wise, very wise. You can tell he's been through that and you can tell he's learned a lot from all of the adversities that he's faced. And he understands them to a level where he can now provide information and sort of resources to other people who are going through hard times or even people who just want to change their outlook on the world and start seeing things in a positive light. And we all know if you search for positivity, then you're going to create more positivity. So this was a, a really valuable episode for me. It came at a good time too. Um, I think everyone else is going to enjoy listening to it as well. So y'all get ready for some good philosophical conversation and uh, a great discussion around just growth in general. So tune in y'all. We'll see you inside. You know what? It's, it's good to get back to like the established routine. It's good to get back to being busy. I feel good. Oh yeah. That's yeah, actually, that's great. That's a great uh, little beginning tidbit. I feel like is that's, what's cool about having a routine is when you go off of it, you have something to come back to, which is a yeah. game changer. Yeah. And you even look forward to coming back to it. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. And also we can talk about this later, but I've had the experience of not having a routine and not having to go to work or anything else. And it's not a good life. So yeah, it's, it's hard, man. That's a really hard thing, especially if you did have that and then it was taken away from you, mm -hmm. that's really challenging. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about your story. Um, yeah, man. You know, I think people, of course, our podcast is about struggle and sure. I mean, and, and gaining strength from it. So uh, I think you fit very well with that. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So I've listened I to a couple and, and definitely I feel like, yeah, meshes, meshes well, Josh. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. And uh, we're excited to have you on. So I guess to start, um, you know, obviously we know that boxing pretty much saved your life yeah, and really was almost like a, a driving force behind the direction that your life took. But to, I guess, give the listeners an idea of like who you are and how you got to where you are today. Can you just yeah. kind of give us a quick like introduction to who is Keith Kepner? Yeah, short bio. Yeah, absolutely. So I was, you know, born in Athens, Georgia. Both my parents moved down here from uh, Chicago because they want to get away, get away from the big city. And so I grew up on like 40 acres, played outside all the time, loved art. My mom's, uh, you know, very good artist. And uh, my father is a PhD in neuroscience, clinical psychologist, as well as a boxing coach. I wasn't so much into that stuff. I was more into the art stuff. So it was my sister. So drawing all the time, everyone thought I was going to be an animator, a movie maker, or some type of artist. 
anyway, uh, life was going okay. And then I got into music when in kind of middle school and whatnot, but I started to have some health challenges and didn't really know what it was. And a lot of it was psychological stuff like anxiety, depression, and then it became more physical things. And then eventually, fortunately, thank God for my mom doing an internet search in like 2002 or three, maybe 2003, uh, found out that got me a blood test and found out I had Lyme disease. And at that point I had it for about five years undiagnosed. So I was about 125 pounds at five foot, eight and a half on a good day. And uh, so, you know, was super weak and carpal tunnel joint challenges, everything else had to drop out of high school, get a GED. And uh, that's when, you know, at the time I was doing a lot of self medication through like smoking a pack a day of cigarettes and smoking an eighth a weed a week and drinking about three or four days a week. And uh, I wanted to be the antithesis of everything I was. And so that's where I got into boxing. And because it was the field of diamonds in my own backyard, because of my father being a boxing coach. And that, that brought he and I closer together than we'd ever been. And we spent some great times together uh, in that uh, time. And then also I, I mentored under him as a boxing coach. Wow. That's awesome, man. And, uh, what a, what a, what a, what a struggle and what a challenge, right? Uh, especially, you know, my, my brother struggled with similar symptoms and it ended yeah. up not being Lyme, uh, but the chronic fatigue, you know, watching him not be able to walk more than a block without just was basically it collapsing. Or what was it? We believe it was autoimmune. And you know what? We never really got answers and it just went away one day. It, he kind of almost grew out of it. Eventually they, wow, he just kind of like stopped taking, he started titrating himself down off the medication and mm -hmm. like the medication was almost making him feel worse right. than the actual disease that he was suffering from. And so uh, I'm curious, Keith, what, what were you noticing outside of just like that fatigue uh, and that general weakness that made you start digging for answers or made your parents start digging for answers and realize there was a problem? Yeah. Uh, it was just the, the continual downward spiral. Right. Because mm -hmm. it started off first because at that time, the CDC did not recognize Lyme in Georgia. Yeah. So at first it was, uh, like I said, psychological. So then we tried psychotropic medication and that backfired. I actually had a psychotic episode one time where I literally hallucinated for hours at a time. It was crazy. Um, so we went that route. That wasn't creating answers. Uh, then also this time, like I said, I was, I was being as I call it a degenerate, right? You know, and uh, so therefore it's like, is it just because that's how Keith is? And uh, my uncle who passed away when he was 30, uh, I look a lot like him and he was a heroin addict. And so there was kind of a little bit of a narrative there about um, maybe Keith is just like, you know, uh, his mom's brother. And so, yeah, then, but it just, the, the, the physical symptoms just continue to get so bad, you know, to, to the point where I was sleeping 18 hours a day, and, oh, and also during this time, man, you know, I'm, I'm becoming a young man or supposed to be becoming a young man. And here my peers are working jobs, you know, part-time jobs doing fine. I, I did a part-time job, but I ended up having to stop. Um, you know, they're, they're getting stronger physically and everything else and uh, doing a lot of things that young guys do the positive stuff. And man, I'm just not able to do this. You know, I, I try to do something for a week and it, I can only be, con or I try to do something. I can only be consistent for a week. Right. And then I fall off. I'm like, pounding energy drinks before I got the solution because I was just like, I just need freaking energy to do something. And I would get myself so hyped up. I got into, you know, metal music really hard. Also being a guitar player, but like, um, man, like I just, I'd get myself so hyped. And obviously like we know, like being hyped and motivated will only last so long before you end up, you know, having to deal with reality. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So a lot, a lot of times we're like, we're synthetically putting ourselves into that hyped up motivated state. Right. And then, 
you know, runs out if we don't have like the solution mm. to sustainable motivations, like, well, you know, can only have so many energy drinks in a day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, and, and you, I mean, you took boxing pretty far too. I mean, I know you used boxing as, sure. as a, um, you know, sort of a, a way out of your situation and use that to work through a lot of the process that you were um, trying to overcome. Like you took that pretty far. Well, I mean, as far as I could take it, you know, mm -hmm. so being that I was going through, like you were talking about with your brother going through treatment where the treatment was, you know, it helped a lot. It was dramatic. I would, I'd probably be dead now if I didn't have that treatment, but also at the time it made my health worse. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm pursuing boxing while trying to cure what is theoretically a chronic illness. Right. <laughs> and also the number one thing, by the way, that heals your brain from trauma, which is, you know, you get hit in boxing, that's trauma is your immune system. So my immune system is depressed from Lyme disease as well as antibiotic treatment. And I'm also getting hit. All right. So it was, it was a, it was a bad group, but I went as far as I could, which was not very far. Uh, but all things considering it was, you know, it was, a, it was a good run and uh, boxed in the United States and in Mexico uh, was in Mexico for about two years, got an opportunity to spar with uh, like the two time heavyweight champion in Mexico, which was actually the, the least hardest hitter in the gym. Uh, the guy that ended up giving me a, or like exacerbating my neck injury and made me had to retire in 2010. Uh, he was 140 pounds. This other guy elder was, you know, like 200, uh, but he didn't have a good punch on him, but that's where it's funny, right? Like martial arts and stuff like that makes you respect people of different sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, but during that time, that was, that was me forging, you know, that's like so many people, they go to boxing because they don't have anything else. And that's what I felt I had at that time. I didn't have anything else. And, and then also being a young man, it's like, man, I'm tired of being weak, tired of being, you know, pathetic. And then it's like one of those kind of Pandora boxes. When you get into a martial art of any type or combat sport, you realize what you didn't know. And you're like, Oh, like, cause everyone thinks, right. Like I didn't get in a lot of fights growing up or anything like that. I've only been in one street fight and you think like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm badass. Like I can, I can handle myself. Right. But that's just like thinking like, that's like, I say the business, right. People are like, man, if I start my own business, it'd be awesome. I'd be a killer. <laughs> but it's like, wait, go, go ahead. Try it. Try it. Oh, look at that. And so what's cool about combat sports, it's like an immediate visual of seeing someone that goes from thinking they're competent to then realizing they're at the bottom level competency, which is they don't even know what they don't know. And, uh, but when you hit that stage, you're like, Whoa, man, this little guy can beat the hell out of me. Like, yeah. Damn, I need to respect everybody, right? If you look so. at like uh if you look at like something like bodybuilding, it's like so visual, right? It's like right. It, I mean, there are definitely people who are way stronger than than they look, oh, sure. especially in something of like course. CrossFit or whatever. You know, you get these skinny guys who are like overhead snatching 350 or whatever. Um, but something, you know, that type of fitness, you you it's like, you know, someone could be like, Hey, I can bench 500 pounds. And it's like, no, you can't. Cause I can visibly see that that's like impossible. Yeah. You know, well, you know, Whereas it's just like the entrepreneur world. Right. Cause it's like the guy with all the muscles, right. Isn't necessarily the guy that can perform the guy that's got the Lambo. He might just be leasing the Lambo. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's that stuff going on. So yeah. Yeah. Martial, martial arts is one of those ones where it's like, you, you know, you can't, uh, it's not, it's not visibly like obvious, you know, who's going to be good or not. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, well, for instance, like our best boxer we got right now that I'm coaching, um, he, he literally, every time he would spar, he would get the hell beat out of him. He would, he would take a knee and honestly be getting hurt. Like in a way, like I was getting to the point, like maybe he doesn't need to continue, but then he, something clicked, man. And it's that consistency over time. And you know, like, like what you guys talk about turning your struggle into strength and, uh, and let's face it, man, if you don't, if you don't deal with struggle, eventually your weaknesses are going to show that you mm -hmm. didn't, build up. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen so many times, right. With, with boxing, with coaching boxers, with my own self is that, man, if I'm not challenged at all in a situation and then I do get challenged, I'm not ready to be challenged, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something really powerful with that concept. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned a really, something really important there is if you don't deal with your struggle, like if you don't process your struggle effectively, if you just kind of bury things down deep inside and obviously you've been through quite a bit, what were some of the most important things that you learned during that time about yourself? Well, I think one of the big things was, I don't know even know where I got this from because, you know, I started to do a lot of uh, like personal development and studying philosophy, whatnot mm-hmm. during these times. So I, I think maybe that kind of got me down that road, but um, I don't know where I got this idea to think about this, but I started to imagine myself or think about myself or remind myself of me before Lyme disease, right? And who I was then, who I was as a seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, maybe 10-year-old before I got it. And I was always ambitious. So I was always energy, hardworking, uh, and in some ways, uh, a leader without even trying to be one, you know, people kind of follow my suit on things. And yeah, so I started to, to remember that's me. That's the real me. That's the real me. And then one concept I remember specifically where I got it from was actually from the book Psycho Cybernetics, which my father recommended to me, um, written by Maxwell Maltz. Uh, he said that, uh, use the analogy of God, right? And it's like, what, let's say God, the father, what, what, what father would not want to see their child or their son uh, succeed and uh, truly expand their capabilities to the extent that they can, whatever extent they can reach. And so things like that really started getting me right. Cause there were times when I was boxing where I, my, both my shoulders got shot and I couldn't throw a punch for like a month and I had to just do movement and defense. Right. So there's just so many, and that's where it got me into visualization though. Cause like I had to sit there with a, a round timer and visualize rounds. But then let me tell you what though, when I got back to sparring, I was a lot better and it helped me identify some of the things that a lot of athletes, you don't notice until years later or whatever of like, Oh, I'm tense. And like people are telling you to relax where you're like, I'm relaxed. But then you realize like, Oh wait, my shoulders are tense. Things of that nature. It really makes you self-aware. But that's when I really started my personal development journey because of having no other damn option. I was sick half the time. So I couldn't condition as well as I wanted to. I was injured half the time. So I couldn't train as much as I wanted to. So I could only train that. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're hitting a lot of points here that I really like. The one is, you know, referring back to where you like, you understood who you were before all this happened. You had an idea, you had a sense of self. And I think it's important for people to check in every now and then on Mm -hmm. where do I want to be headed and are my actions aligned in getting me there? If not, do I, do I have to change my expectations? Is my execution aligned? And sometimes it might not always be very clear. So you were talking about how, you know, I couldn't train as hard as I wanted to. I couldn't do this as much as I wanted to. I couldn't as much as you wanted to. And want is a feeling and we can't always get what we want. So you were giving yourself what you needed in order to ultimately get there. And I think that's a really hard thing for most people to grasp, especially, you know, continuing to use fitness as an analogy. Oh, I just want to lose fat. I just want to lose 10 pounds. Well, you're probably, maybe you're eating a thousand calories a day and you're, but you're not ready to lose 10 pounds. Your body cannot lose 10 pounds. You're going to have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do in order to get what you want out of it. Do you see that a lot in your, in your in, in boxing or as a leader in helping people through those situations of, man, you're hurt. You can't do what you want. So we have to do what you need. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, the biggest thing too, is it's like, right. You guys know this stuff. It's like, it's not, it's not your, it's not what you necessarily want, which is actually what you need. Like you're saying, <laughs> uh, you, you, what you need is fulfillment. What you need is a, a deep purpose 
that you're going to look back on and be happy that you pursued. And man, I mean, like, dude, like, like, honestly, this is like completely like candid. I mean, like I've been having thoughts over the past year or so again, for some reason about like doing drugs and I'm not going to do drugs, but I've been having that thought of like the want, but then I have to remind myself of, well, what the hell am I going to look back upon? Right. And so, yeah, I'll see that with fighters too. Cause they'll, they'll want to, uh, for instance, uh, mimic a certain style of boxer, but it's like, well, wait a second, you got to actually look at all the things you need to do to even get to that level that you can mimic that style of boxer, a classic example. And same thing goes with the entrepreneurial world, right? But like, let's use an example, right? Floyd Mayweather, right? You guys know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you mimic who Floyd Mayweather is now, or let's just say he was even five years ago, like towards the end of his career, if you mimic that and you want to box, you're not going to be successful. Why? Because he's older. He's already on the mountaintop. All right. So when you're on top of the mountaintop, man, you just got to shoot people trying to come up. You don't need to try to battle your way up the mountain. Uh, So if you try to mimic that as a beginner boxer, man, you're just going to stay at the bottom of the mountain and try to defend people coming down on you. It's not going to work. So if you look at him, though, starting out as an amateur in the Olympics, even early pros, he was pretty boy Floyd freaking blasting people. Same thing goes with the entrepreneurial world. Right. People Mm -hmm. see like Warren Buffett or, you know, Jeff Bezos or whoever, Elon Musk, they see how he operates. Um, and it's like, dude, you don't need to try to operate like that yeah. because you're not even up anywhere near there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way you yeah. would like someone like Warren Buffett, like the way you would invest with like $10,000 is a lot different than 10 billion dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> kind of different strategies. <laughs> yeah. Much different. And it's interesting. I think a lot of people don't, uh, might not think about that that way. Like, yeah. Oh, these are really successful people. I'm going to do what they do. Maybe you shouldn't do what they're currently doing. Maybe you mm. should study how they got there. Yeah. That's reading, right. reading yeah. like biographies. I feel like as long as they're accurate, Huge. it can be super helpful too. Cause it's like, it's not so much, like you said, it's not so much, that's a great point. It's not so much what they're doing now. It's wh- how did they get there? What did they do first? What was their well, first some, step? Some too. It's like, you know, you see this, you know, because, um, and like Josh, you know, your, your background is like, uh, personal training, right? Is mm-hmm. that some yep. of it? Yeah. Yep. Bodybuilding hey. coaching. Yep. Yep. And Travis, what's your background again? Videography or? Uh, yeah. I'm a like media, pr- I have like a small media production company. Excellent. Um, so with the, with the fitness thing though, think about it like this way, like how many guys in the gym uh, are trying to do stuff that like Arnold's workout, right. And crap like that. And it's like, dude, you don't have a base, man. It's like when I stopped yeah. boxing, I, you know, I'm, I'm five foot eight. So, or so, so like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna get taller. So I always want to be bigger. And so when I stopped boxing, I was like, okay, well, the one thing I can do now is I can finally be bigger. So I got up to 220 and that was hell. But the way I got there was not by doing freaking Arnold workouts, right? <laughs> like I got there by freaking bench pressing and squatting and deadlifting as much as I could and eating as much as I could. Right. Um, <clears throat> but you'll see this with the, with guys in the gym, right? They're, they're small guys and they're doing all these isolation exercises thinking they're going to get big. Um, uh, a boxer, the moment you can see he doesn't know anything or he's not going to go anywhere unless he changes is if he's trying to do a whole bunch of things like he sees on, you know, Showtime or TV or whatever, or Rocky. Uh, and then same thing with business, right? Like, I know you guys have probably heard this where someone's like, man, yeah, I got this side hustle. I got that side hustle. I, you know, I got, I got three different businesses and you're like, yeah, that's automatic red flag. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, like you are not going to, you're not doing well, are you? No, you're not. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would call that like the CrossFit of entrepreneurship being like kind of okay at a bunch of things, but not really good at one. That's right. (laughs) And unfortunately there's not a contest of that, right? So if you do CrossFit, there's a contest of that. If you do MMA, there's a CrossFit of that or, you know, a mixture of that, but you don't have those business, man. It's like one thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really difficult thing for a lot of people to kind of understand, especially in this day and age, man, I'm sure. And you probably see it too, Keith is like, the age of the six second attention span, scrolling mm. through TikTok and Instagram, finding an Instagram workout, doing that, thinking it's going to get you to what you want and not having patience. Like nobody has patience these days. Even people who are making phenomenal progress, they, I think human beings have a tendency to do this thing where that we make progress, we decide that it could have been better and then we mm. get upset about it. Mm, rather than be grateful for the progress you made, like be happy for that. Like you did that on your own and that's phenomenal work. How would you, I mean, I'm sure you see this in, in, you know, in your boxing and as a leader, you present yourself as a great leader. How do you suggest people get over that and and be a little bit more grateful for the progress they're making and stop? I guess it's destination happiness and wanting things right now, being impatient. Yeah. Well, you know, you made me think about something that I can relate to literally this last weekend. So one of my boxers, uh, he lost a split decision and it was his first fight at another division level. Right. So a whole nother level of competency. He's got 10 fights. He fought a guy with like 30 fights. Okay. He's been boxing for a very long time and he lost a split decision, meaning one judge gave it to him and two judges gave it to the other guy. So it's pretty close. And, you know, this guy's done a lot of training mentally on this and we've worked a lot of this, but it, it's similar to what you're talking about is that, and, and I teach these guys I work with and also business owners that I work with as well is that it's like, look, you, you got to not let go of that hunger. OK, because that hunger of wanting things to be perfect is important. Right. You don't need to get rid of that because a loser is rid of that. Right. They're, they're like, you know, man, I've been around enough people and fighters too, business owners as well, where they, they use those good uh, sayings and thoughts to actually uh, rationalize their failure. Right. They're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not about the whatever. It's about the journey. Right. Or, you know, oh, you know, you fail a hundred times, you know, so you can succeed like stuff like that. They'll get that going through their head. And it's, it's important to have a concept of that, but you don't need to rest on it. So what I remind these people that I interact with on this level that I'm coaching or what have you is that uh, is that keep that keep that drive, but just needs to be targeted in the right direction. Right. So like the way we coach with our coaching philosophy is like even from a sparring session or from a fight. You want to acknowledge what you did right, right? You want to acknowledge what are areas you need to improve and then what are you going to do to improve those? And so use all that energy there versus, you know, destroying yourself or, you know, making excuses perhaps. Um, so I think that's something really important because I've tried to kill that part of myself from time to time of of not striving for perfection. But uh, I realized after a while, I was like, I don't need to get rid of that. I need to keep it, but I need to bottle it and I need to direct it in the right way. You know, it's just like things like that's what's beautiful about boxing uh, and and things like that is like, man, beating people up, right? It's like hitting people, being physically violent, honestly. And uh, it could be done so many ways wrong, but it can be done in a way that can actually help grow yourself and, you know, against someone else who's, who wants to participate with that. Um, and so it's like the, the energy isn't bad energy, man. It's like wars and conflict, man. I mean, that's, that's sometimes what has created advancement in society and in culture. And so it's, uh, it's important that with all these energies, man, even some of the most malicious energies, if you target it in the right direction, man, it can really grow you. That's a, that's a, that's a really interesting 
kind of a paradigm shift, I guess, too, around thinking about failure. And yeah. maybe it's almost kind of like toxic positivity where it's like, mm, yeah, yeah, when you, when you think about like, like if you do have a failure, right. And you take yeah. it to a place of like, I failed. That was horrible. I give up. That is not good. But there's totally the other side of that, which is like, it doesn't matter so much that I'm not, that I'm actually not learning anything from it. You know what I mean? Right. And so really you're kind of somewhere in the beginning or yeah. in, the, in the middle. I mean, right. In between. You don't want to be things. a good loser. You don't yeah. want to be a good loser. Right. And that's like, uh, you know, again, thinking back to like this one individual, actually a, a shift that he had in his novice amateur career as a boxer was he lost his first or his second fight, he lost his second fight. So first fight was a loss. Then he like won, 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 won. Then he lost. And then he was like, well, you can't win them all. And it was funny. It's one of those things like we all know from coaching people, working with people, you never know what's going to stick with someone. But he told me later, he's like, man, like it was like a year after he told me this. He's like, man, it, what really stuck with me is how you responded to that. Because he said, oh, you can't win them all. I was like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. There's Some no reason do. to think you can't <laughs> win them all. Right. Some people do. Why would you think that it's impossible? It's it's yes, there's chance. But just like chance, you can flip a quarter and it's going to end up on heads like five times in a row. Like that's what averages are. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to suspect that the worst or the best. Right. You just have to prepare yourself for any of those options. Right. Yeah. That, that takes a lot of awareness too to understand. And this goes back to the checking in with yourself thing. Mm -hmm. Understand where are you on that spectrum? Yeah. Like, are you too okay with losing or are you being too hard right. on yourself? I remember, you know, there's, I get into this with my training and I'm sure you do too. And I'm sure you have athletes that do where, you know, I definitively remember hitting new PRs on sets and being pissed about it because I knew <laughs> I could have done better. Like right. did not celebrate at all. Got right. off the leg press, got off whatever machine I was on, slammed the weights, cussing. I could have done, I had more. I could have done better. I wanted more, maybe a little bit too, being a little bit too hard on myself. So my girlfriend, she was like, dude, sure. you gotta sell, like celebrate the small victories. And I think part of the solution to craving more and always wanting that like destination happiness, essentially of always, okay, more, 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 you're never in the present. Part of the solution to that is being grateful for where you are now, mm. but loving yourself enough to want more or yeah. like, or, or know that you deserve more. It seems like yes. the, the problem on either side of those things is just inaction, right? Like if something crushes you so much that you don't take action to improve, that's bad. And if something just doesn't matter to you so much that you don't take action, that's bad. Yeah. So it's like, how do we stay? Like, I, I feel like the ideal situation is like, you get a failure happens, it hurts, but you very quickly shift it to a place of like, you know what, I'm going to experience that. And then starting tomorrow morning, I'm going to, you know, figure out everything I did wrong, how to fix it. But, but you're like positively motivated in that direction instead of, cause like, I think the things that you don't want are you don't want like just overwhelming depression and anxiety. You don't oh, want yeah. heart disease. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're failing all the time and, and you just are like beating yourself up, like you're going to die of a heart attack at some point. <laughs> and then you, and then you want to, but you want to like, make sure that you're like competitive enough that you're taking action. So like, how do we like find that balance? I guess. It's a good question. And and what you're describing too is honestly, as I'm sure you guys are familiar with, with um, the idea of where flow is, right? Yep. It's it's right above your level of competency, right? So you're, you're like, you're just challenged just enough where you're really, where you're stretched, but you're not stretched to the point you're going to break. Well, and that's like something with, um, that I experienced too. So with 
our business. So we got it built out to our location in Athens to the point where my wife and I were able to step out of the business. Um, And then it was a point of like, now you get what every business owner hopefully wants, which is that their business, they're actually a business owner, right? And they're not just owning a job anymore. Like my father was a clinical psychologist, you know, golden handcuffs is what he called it. Right. So you own a job. Um, And then, but it was like a lot of, started to get depressed though. Cause it's like, well, what the hell do we do now? Like, what's the next step? And I see a lot of people hit that point. And then also as well, I'd hit that point already with having Lyme disease where I just had to sit around and do nothing. Cause that was my job to get better. Right. In a sense. Uh, and that's horrible. It's a horrible existence. I just wished I could work. Right. And that's where living in Mexico too, gave me that idea of, okay, actually being around, not vacationing, but being around people in a third world country and saying like, ah, oh, like, that's reality. And okay. So I need to, I need to come back to America with that mentality. So that was a whole nother thing too. But um, so like 2019 or so we're like, what the hell are we going to do next? And so we started figuring out how we're going to grow. And so we could challenge ourselves, but also that opened up the door for massive failure. Right. And so, but that's when we decided to start franchising our business. And then we continued to build out to launch a franchise while the pandemic was running. And then in August of 2020 launched uh, the franchise. And so I'm talking to people on the phone who think that the, in-person phys, uh, you know, fitness of any type is dead. Like, why the hell would you still be doing that? And things like that. So there was a lot of nice little, little struggles and failures. But let me tell you though, it, that for instance alone, when I talk to people now, they don't come across with the automatic response of like, well, what about lockdowns? Right. There's like, it's not in the realm anymore. Um, but that's just another example though, of like, if I would have just, for instance, with let's say like my business just stayed exactly where I was at, I'd be depressed now. I probably would have, I'd probably be doing drugs. Right. I probably would because eventually like, you know, a little bit by little bit, by little bit, you step down a, a pathway. And that's, that's how at least I identify myself is that I'm an addictive personality and I'm going to pour myself 100% into something. But again, like with anything, any type of energy you have violent, whatever it is, if you direct in the right place, it's going to be beautiful, a beautiful thing for not only yourself, but for other people. So therefore someone like myself that has a, a dark side, addictive personality and everything else. If I, if I pour that focus in the right direction, man, it's, it's going to create great things. I agree with that. As someone with a similar personality and I, I'm either uh, like a hundred percent in on something or not at all. Um, mm. I've had to overcome that to learn like how to manage that all or nothing mindset. Cause I don't fall off and, and not get back on at this point. Whereas historically, yeah. I, you know, tend to give up. And so I think we have to learn like how our bodies and how our brains operate to make the most of each of these things. Cause you're right. Over time, <clears throat> you may not notice those little small changes that are leading you toward in a direction that you don't want to go. Like you can choose small good habits or small bad habits over time, each produce pretty substantial results, but it can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you have to check in with yourself. And ultimately, if you're not checking in with yourself, if you're not aware, if you're not self-aware, all of a sudden you could turn around and be like, how did I get here? Right. And where do I go from here? Like what, what now? You guys familiar with uh, like, it's it's a very popular comic book, the compound effect, right? Uh, Darren Hardy describes that very well in that he talks about uh, it's or like you guys have heard this classic one, right? Um, it's not from Darren Hardy, but it it's like, oh, my house got foreclosed upon, you know, oh, it sucks that happened. But it, like, it wasn't like one foreclosure. It was, <laughs> like, it was a whole bunch of you not paying and yada, yada, yada. Maybe you not doing your job as hard as you could. Maybe you not progressing in your work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that led to that. Or it's like your marriage is 
has fallen apart. You know, like I've been blessed to be in a great marriage now for like seven or eight years. And it's, it's gone through so many challenges and struggle. Um, my wife having back surgery in the middle of pandemic and everything else, as we're trying to launch a franchise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She has a lot of health challenges as well. So it's like all this stuff. And then, but it's like, we're actually stronger because of it. Yeah. We actually trust each other more because of it. And that's where if man, if, if everything's too easy, man, I mean, it's like that saying what, like weak, you know, men and women produce or strong men and women produce weak children. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the environment gets horrible. And then they have to, they have to get strong. They have to get strong yep. again. Yeah. I think most importantly, there is you and all those adversities that you faced, whether it's your business, your, your the surgery with your wife, your marriage, all of those things, a lot of people would, can, can still improve upon those things. Those adversities can be your advantage if you let them. Right. And I think a lot of people, I don't know, sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're not confident in our ability to succeed. Sometimes we're afraid of failure. Sometimes we're afraid Which is that good we're going to make it worse. Because if, if you're not, you're a moron. If you're right? not, you're, if you're not afraid, yeah, if you're not afraid, if yeah. you're not questioning yourself from time to time, you're a moron. If, if you're, you're not, you're a moron. yeah, if, if you're not afraid, you're probably not trying hard enough. We used to say this in right. snowboarding. I was a competitive snowboarder. And, you know, if you're not falling, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. But, or, or or you don't know about all the bad stuff. You're you're, you're like positive, uh, you know, to, uh, toxic positivity, like you're to, like Travis said, man, like it's, it's that or the, yeah, you're not challenging enough or you're like toxic positive world where yeah. you think the elephant will appear in the room. Right. Yeah. So you, you have to be, you have to be aware you have to be a little bit afraid, right? right? Like you said, but I think something that most of us struggle with from time to time, everybody does and everybody will continue to, this is a skill that we're learning to improve upon is um, the analogy that I like to use is, you know, if we're skiing or snowboarding, you don't, if you don't want to hit a tree, you don't look at the tree, right? You look between the trees and in life, if you don't want to experience more negativity and more uh, adversity, you have to look through the adversity to see the advantage on the other side. That's right. What's something that you can suggest that has helped you or people, you know, maybe your, your, your athletes see through their adversities and not hit the trees. Hmm. It's, 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 it's a great question. I would say it goes back to that, that, uh, that triad of, of how we coach and how I coach and how I teach my coaches to coach is focusing on what you're doing right first. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because you'll know, think about it this way. Like if I was going to coach, you know, Travis or you, you Josh to, uh, to box, right. I don't need to talk about what you don't need to do. Right. So it's <laughs> like, don't drop your hands. Don't get hit. And I swear to God on the low level, I hear coaches say this crap, right. Obviously they're not great coaches. They're low level, but like, I hear this stuff and it's so, hilarious to hear because it's like man don't get hit like that but like man don't drop your hands don't drop your hands and like you guys i'm sure you know this that the mind has to think first of drop your hands mm-hmm. and then the opposite and don't. then the negative yeah right, exactly <laughs> so it's like don't drop hands okay so i have to think about dropping hands and boom of course it happens in a split second but that's an extra split second versus hands yeah. up hands up or like chin yeah. down chin down these things that like man if you don't correct in the boxing world you're gonna get the hell beat out it's amazing how and just like with anything in life right those few foundational fundamental things if you do those you'll be relatively okay and in boxing that is if you keep your chin down if you stay relatively relaxed and you keep your hands up relatively well you're going to avoid a lot of things that people just get caught by um and so yeah that's really how with myself uh with my business partner and with our partners and fighters and everyone else is, it's just, is it's like doubling down on what you're doing right. 
but then also giving the feedback of what you're doing wrong. Cause I think that's what bridges the gap between uh, you know, where you want to be and where you are now. And if you only talk about what they're doing right, but you don't acknowledge where their challenges are and what they need mm-hmm. to improve upon, then you are just uh, you're what's the term for it where you're kind of like uh, you're, you're, you're honestly disabling them because mm-hmm. you're not giving them an op. It's like if you have your child and they want to learn to walk and you're like, no, honey, you're great. Just the way you are. Right. Like you don't need to walk. You can crawl. That's fine. And, you know, you never kind of challenge them to walk or it's like with my daughter who's five and a half now. Um, I told her, you know, go out in the backyard today and you need to pick out, pick up this stuff in the backyard. We have like fireworks that we shot off, you know, a week ago and they're still out there. And yeah, so it's like, she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And it's like, you know, there's a little bit of disappointment there. There's uh, you know, I know how it felt as a kid having my parents to tell me to do that, but doing that for yourself and for coaches, and for other people helps a lot. And then also as well, something I do as a, as a leader, and we always have to remind people about this, right. But is, uh, Hey, like, please call me out you know, in, in a professional yeah. way or in private, please, but please call me out because the last thing I ever want with our first basically full-time employee, he took a couple of weeks to tell me about a situation. I finally actually remember what it was. So I tell the story often. Um, it was, I reprimanded him in front of a bunch of people and uh, it was, it was not appropriate. And he, he held it in. He didn't say anything. And I could talk, I, I could tell something was off with him over that time. And he finally told me, and I was like, man, I was like, you need to tell me that sooner, please. Because I was like, last thing I want is, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, my business is in shambles. I can't keep any team members. No one wants to work for me or work with us. And I have a story that I have to create that doesn't involve me. And the story is, well, it was everybody else. It was because we couldn't find the right people. It's because we're in a college town. And you know how college kids are. All millennials, you know how millennials are, or how Gen X is, or how, you know, baby boomers are, or whoever, right? Just like all these stories that we contrive. And that's one thing I, you know, unfortunately saw with people close to me in my life uh, is then them sometimes having to develop a story to protect their ego and their failure versus acknowledging what was maybe, maybe the, really the case. Yeah. Right. That's super mm-hmm. interesting. It's like, I, th- you know, I've, I've seen like a lot of quotes and memes going around. I think Kim Kardashian started it, but she's like, nobody wants to work anymore. And it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But like, <laughs> how do you get them to work then? You know what I mean? Right. It's like that, like that feeling, especially as a business owner, nobody wants to work anymore. That's like, you like have that thought for two seconds, but that doesn't really help you. Like, how oh, do you exactly. get them to work? You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There like, is you know, a way good. for sure. That's right. And, and again, whenever you speak generalities, right. And that's the challenge with, you know, it's been, the, it's a challenge with human existence. Right. But is, uh, is gen- generalities, man, whenever you generalize, you're going to be wrong as mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, just like with, we're in this recession right now that we are, you know, we are in, but if you say a recession is a bad thing, or it's a reason why you're not going to succeed. I mean, you are focusing on, I'll give you an example. Ooh, here's a great real world world example with boxers. Right. And I've experienced this for myself when I box and I've seen it with boxers multiple times, you go in there and you're thinking about worrying about them hitting you. Right. That's what everyone does as a beginner boxer. Uh, because you're like thinking about the worst thing, which is getting hit. And if your focus is on that, you're going to get hit more and it's going to hurt more. Right. But if, but it's like, I'll tell some of my fighters a psychological trick. And I think it's important to actually use this probably in other places in life. I don't tell people this actually with other things, but I actually realize I use it with myself, but it's just like, but direct thing, man. If like, if like, you know, Josh, you're a big guy, how big are you? About 220. Yeah. Yeah, 215 now. Yeah. So you're big, man. Like how tall are you? 
uh, 5'11". Uh, I'm a bodybuilder. So the, You're built. Yes. Uh, I'm, 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 He's shrinking. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I'm currently in prep, so I'm shrinking, but uh, ho- hopefully we'll be getting bigger soon. <laughs> so, Travis, you were jabbing at Josh for being a bodybuilder. You say he doesn't have much functionality. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no way. Oh, yeah, no. It's, it's all show. Let's you, be should, no, you should see this guy on a freaking snowboard, man. He's like a yeah, ninja. Yeah. Ooh. Snowboard. I'm better on a snowboard than I'm on my feet. We'll put it that way. <laughs> cool. But so, like, let's say, like, you know, like, you know, I don't box anymore, but let's say, like, I had to box Josh and I thought, Josh had to experience, you know, to the point where it's like going to be a challenge and you're 220. And it's like, man, if I start thinking about all those things, you know, man, I'm going to hesitate to pull the trigger and I am going to get hit more by you. And when that does, when that punch does hit me, it's actually going to make, it's going to hurt more versus, versus what I do with my guys is I tell them, Hey, think of that guy, literally call him a little B in your head. Call him a little B-I-T-C-H in your head. And like, or I'll say it in the ring across, you know, God doesn't hear me, but I'm like, he's a little, you know what? Boom, boom. That's what he is. And you get that mindset now going after that person, totally different world, man. I've mm-hmm. seen people go from being just like almost controlled by someone's power or size to just completely dominate them and walk through them and crush them uh, by just changing their view of it like that. Cause I mean, let me tell you, it's like, as long as you don't do anything irresponsible, there is no reason not to do that. Right. But the times that we do overly respect somebody, uh, then we're not able to execute on what we know to do. And, and man, when you get hit by something, when tragedy strikes, right, whether it's a punch or, you know, a divorce or a loss of a loved one, then it hurts that much more, man. And it knocks you down that much harder. Yeah, I think the human brain has this um, has, a, has a really good way of like turning small thoughts or small perceptions and projecting them into like monumental feelings. Mm. And so a lot of what we go, a lot of what goes in our brain is just made up. It's just made up shit. It's just like things, insecurities that your thoughts are projecting onto you about who you are and how you are in comparison to someone else. You, we can control that. Like we can control all of those things. So I think that's a good strategy, a good like to, thing to learn and practice not only for boxing, but like a, a lot of one competitive sports and probably a lot of life Right. is, is to, well, and, and really it comes down to thinking positively of yourself and your ability and not necessarily always putting other people down, but like you yeah. deserve to be there. Like you earned your spot on stage yeah. and bodybuilding. We say, take up space. Like you, you worked hard to get to where you are, take up space. You deserve space. Nice. And you know, then every now and then it turns into a little like Phil Heath, uh, um, <laughs> Kai Green episode where there might be a fight on stage, but, right. but you, you deserve to take up space. And so if you believe that, then I think you're going to act that way. Um, we're running a little bit short on time here, but I yeah. did want to ask you one more thing because we got, we started talking about this when we were discussing, you know, not being a good loser, but mm-hmm. also not being so hard on yourself. And so the question that popped into my head that I wanted to ask you is about losing and winning. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if you hate losing more than you love winning, or if you love winning more than you hate losing. And see, that's a good question. I don't even know if I, if I have a, uh, well, yeah, this is a tough one. Right, <laughs> someone, right. Someone asked me this a while ago and I really had to think about it. And at first um, I said, I loved winning more than I hated losing. Um, or no, maybe I said I hated losing. And, and now I've, I've since switched. Um, what it come back, what it came back to for me was the opportunity to learn. I was thinking of losing as a loss, as a failure rather than yeah. an opportunity. 
I mean, just to just to switch just to switch into another realm of question is that um, I would hate not progressing, right? Yes. That's the only thing. So, because it's like, man, loss is inevitable with life. <laughs> you know, you're gonna lose yours. You're <laughs> Travis. You're gonna use, you lose yours. I'm gonna lose mine. We're gonna all lose our life, right? Mm-hmm. It's all gonna be gone, and we're gonna lose everything. And so that's inevitable. And uh, so therefore loss isn't a problem, which is why you should take chances. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's something that really impacted someone that I coach in business who has a fitness business. I said, you know, you're going to die. And he told me <laughs> again later that I he's like, Hey, that. Like, Keith, that really, that really impacted me hard. But it was one of those things I just said flipping, which is the truth, but it was just like, whatever. Um, but it like really got him because we live like we're not going to die. Right. So, um, but yeah, I would say just what, what hurts the most is not improving. Is making the same damn mistake over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That that is the ultimate loss, and that is what hurts the most. Um, yeah, I definitely don't like losing at all, uh, but I do accept that losing is inevitable, and uh, I do like winning. But I will say that one thing is that winning has become less important to me in a way. So that's kind of initially what I thought about when you asked that question. Is that uh, I used to feel such a euphoria from winning. Um, but now that kind of like, I think you mentioned this earlier, uh, Josh, that it, it's like, you just get involved in the process, man. And you like the, the, the freaking, the process of just growing and progressing and doing your work for the sake of doing your work, not for the pats on the back or for the medal you get, or for the acknowledgement or the notoriety, but you just do it for the sake of doing the work. Because at the end of the day, the work that you do is the only thing that's going to make you feel good in your life, make you feel fulfilled and, uh, you know, make it so when you die and people give you a eulogy or at least remember you, they will remember you by your work and not by anything else. Yep. I love that. And I think you, you touched on something really important at the end there is it is about the process. And if, if you're, and I was definitely in this place, uh, you know, earlier on in my life where I, I rode the highs of every win and I mourned every single loss, like so extensively. I was a terrible loser. And basically my definition of success was determined by whether or not I won. And if I lost, I was like a horrid failure. And so I like what you're saying. It's not about, it's not about winning and losing. It's about enjoying the process of becoming better and progressing. And so I think that's a, that's a valuable note to leave people on, man. That was, I'm glad that that came out of that question. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, brother. Um, So Keith, man, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Like you said at the beginning, this is like right in line with what we are at the struggle to strength podcast. So I appreciate you sharing your story and kind of diving in and just having an open conversation about leadership and um, personal development. Uh, I know that our listeners are going to want to learn more about you. I'm definitely going to want to give you a follow as well. So why don't you give yourself a plug? Tell us where we can find you, what you've got going on, where we can learn more about your business and all that. Yeah. Great place to look at is LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, great place to just learn about me and also what I'm doing business wise. Also, you know, my, my, besides my daughter, you know, my other child is Kettner boxing. And so, and that's now Kettner boxing franchise. We have half a dozen franchise partners and uh, we're spending across the the Southeast and hopefully moving on to Texas and a few other States soon. Nice. And uh, so go to KettnerBoxing.com. Also, we got a YouTube channel. We got like uh, a reasonable number of subs considering how much work we put into it, but there's a lot of good boxing technique on there as well. It's just Kepner, look up Kepner boxing. You'll find it on YouTube and uh, those are good places to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. All of our, all of our listeners definitely go check out Keith, check out Kepner boxing. Uh, thank you, Keith, again, for coming on. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in to another episode of the struggle to Strength podcast. We will see y'all next week. 